Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. I am still your co-host. Oh, I'm not your co-host. Well, you are my co-host, but... I am still your host, Tyler. And I'm your co-host, Till. We need a ham horn. There it is. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and ham horn into the void. about various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast or in, interacting with us somehow on Twitter, Instagram, us. RWD underscore podcast. Um, uh, continuing a particular adventure of reviewing D&D adventures this week. I wonder if people liked the first one. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. Um, and hey, if they didn't and this was a bad idea... We'll finish after the Tyranny of Dragons twofer, and we'll yeah. just call it a day and move on to something. Yeah, else. let us know. Not a lot of not a lot of feedback directly on the first one, so we'll just uh, we'll hear after this one. I think we'll do better this time because last time we're, last time we had no idea what we were doing. We just jumped in. We're very interested in how you guys are receiving these, so let us know. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so as mentioned, best cover art of any adventure. The Rise of Tiamat. Oh, spoilers like for one? The Rise of Tiamat. Oh, yes. Yes. Spoilers. We're going to give away the entire book. The entire adventure will be ruined here. Spoilers for The Rise of Tiamat, Tyranny of Dragons, an adventure that goes from level 8 to level... What? 15. 15. 15 with the most likely ending of death. In 98 pages. Yep. This is a continuation of Horde of the Dragon Queen. It picks up Basically, immediately after that. Yeah, so essentially, uh, against spoilers for the previous book, you seized the castle, you either crashed it, and somehow the DM made up an excuse for how you lived through that, or you got the other cloud giant to take it away to his cloud giant home world, and you came back to Baldur's Gate or Waterdeep? Where did they you got to get to Waterdeep somehow. Waterdeep okay, is so more you, or less so, where this adventure starts. So ultimately, they're saying that you're back at Waterdeep. The cultist, the cult of the dragon, is essentially trying to bring Tiamat into the world. As you do. From her prison in the Nine Hells. As it is. They are uh, gathering the dragon masks to essentially lure chromatic dragons to their side. Um, and to the best of your knowledge of at this point in the game, uh, you believe they have all of them, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that gets revealed in the first book. Uh, I think that's the case. And that they are spread out across five people, each one associated with their own chromatic origin. Right. They, they don't provide control over dragons outright, those masks, but, you know, some, some pushing. Kinship, yeah. Right, exactly. Gathering a lost... Uh, gathering a large horde of treasure to offer to Tiamat when she comes back through a, uh, what is it, the Dragon Well or something like that? Uh, yes. Uh, where is it? Uh, the Well of Dragons. Well of Dragons. And the cult is allied with the Red Wizards of Thay, who are from across the country. They are wizards who work for a lich. So, um, just a point of clarification, this is the group that's working with the cult is a splinter group from the Red Wizards of Thay. The Lich actually is against this group that has separated itself to work with the cult. Yeah, the Red Wizards, they have, they've got their own fucking problems going on. So the guy that's working with the cult is trying to depose the Lich. But again, that's very hard to do without the power of a you know dragon god on your side. Right. Uh, the Red Wizards are very powerful, generally speaking, but they're, they're very visu visually distinct shaved heads, tattoos, the whole thing. But at the start of the adventure... Players have to have councils of Waterdeep. Yes, you, you've got to I'm, go ahead. I'm not sure I fully understand this section of the book. What don't you understand? You, do, you kinda, do you have these kind of back-to-back? The, the books? First council, second council, third council, fourth council. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. They're broken up in the same way that uh, the cult strikes back is broken up. First attack, second attack, third attack. So essentially you have the first council meeting um and in the meeting 
they talk about what you want are supposed to do. So the first session says follow up. You talk about the Horde of the Dragon Queen book. Set up Verm the White and the Sea of Moving Ice. You have to do those two things and then come back. And you have the second session. Okay. I was having a very hard time understanding this yes. going through so, it. So just to start, before we say anything else about this book, this book is set up to be much more of an open campaign, meaning that the DM has a lot of room to improvise and introduce maybe their own ideas or to introduce their own way of telling this story. It isn't set in, like the first one went from chapter one to chapter two to chapter three. This is, these things all happen in this chapter, but they're not all going to happen back to back to back. There is a... Like, you're going to bounce from chapter 9 to chapter 10 to chapter 11, then back to chapter 9, which will then go to chapter 12 and chapter 14, but then chapter 14 will take you to chapter 17. They just It's going to bounce around a lot, so you really have to know this book going into it as a DM. But the, the sub-goal of the Councils of Waterdeep, that's where you start, right? You The Councils of the Lords of Waterdeep is essentially to gain allies. So, yes, the fir- two things happen essentially before the council meets. Uh, one of the members of the council is assassinated, our Arthagast Ulbrinter, a lord of Waterdeep, uh, gets assassinated, and his wife, uh, uh, Remy Haventree uh, of the Harpers, is like, oh, hell no, let's get this council together, let's fuck this shit up. Yes, so this this essentially this single woman is responsible for this entire thing. People are rallied around her. Yes. And her um, cause, I guess. And then as you get to Waterdeep, the Dracorn sounds, which Dracorn You don't even hear it though, really. It, it, you feel it. It's just yeah. a feeling like something far away happened and everyone goes silent and then it moves past. And this is as you learn a call to the chromatic dragons of the world that, Hey guys, it's happening. Let's do this. Yeah. So some dragon somewhere is having the, you know, Michael Scott. Oh my God, it's happening. Nobody panic. Yeah. So dragon moment. So in the first session of the council, the group, if the first group died, there's new characters. If the old group lived, they get to talk about what they did in the horde of the dragon queen. This is their chance to talk themselves up a bit. For the council and uh remember if it's been a while what happened in the first book because there was a lot that happened in that book yes um once this is done and the council has decided okay these guys are good to go they set up happens two things have to be done before you come back to the council you have to deal with varum the white who uh you find out uh is a worm speaker the white worm speaker uh, he has the mask. Has had some issues with holding onto his mask, and then you have to deal with the Sea of Moving Ice, which apparently is where the Dracorn was last seen, and you're trying to get more information on that. Yeah, you're not uh, the what's his name, the White Worm Speaker. He doesn't want people to know he's actually had the mask has been stolen. Yes. So he's leading a group under the auspices of finding something um, in an abandoned temple. What is he trying to find? Um... Well, see, that's the thing. So now, now the group has this. You get two options. You either bounce to chapter 11 to find Varum the White and deal with his bullshit, or you bounce to chapter 10 to deal with the Dracorn on the Sea of Moving Ice. So yeah. oh, in chapter 11, um, he... Is, uh, he's looking for he's looking for a a scrying pool to find his mask, but he's like leading the adventure under some other guys. Yeah, and they go into this crazy tomb. Which, uh, when I was reading this, this this tomb is fucking deadly. <laughs> I mean, holy tomb shit! Didarius, Didarius, yeah, That's how I say it. Um. But aside from, you know, there's normal shit on top. All Everything up on the first floor totally makes sense. Levels 7 to 13, though, uh, first thing you run into, the scarf guy room filled with six mummies. Don't wake them up. Yes. Right, because the, the tomb belongs to a guy who is a neutral mummy. Yeah. Who's, um, who's got magic effects throughout. But there's trolls in here as well. There's, there's a ghosts chimera. That- 
there's a, there's okay can we that's the one thing i want to talk about in chapter 11 we're, we're getting a little bit far ahead there's race there's spe- there's all kinds of undead incorporeal creatures that you have to deal with in this fucking place so i hope you brought your fucking best the cleric, cleric your possible. Paladin, yeah um but and i'm trying to find where it is i think that's actually further in uh in technically chapter 12 when you go to Sistical. The chimera? Yeah. The flat chimera. Uh the tile monsters yeah. in the t- it's in the tomb. Mosaic. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So I I'd already gone past it. But yeah, this thing, I, I love the idea of it. A fucking 2D monster. That's just classic 8-bit awesomeness. Paper Mario. Oh my god. And it can just turn its flat side towards you as a reaction so that you have disadvantage on the attack against it. I love the thing. I love the idea of it. Like, it's just sitting up against the wall waiting for people to come by before it fucks you up. Ah, it's so cool. And it will regenerate over time. Yes. If you don't take away half of its tiles, it'll just come back together in 24 hours. Right. It's a Paper Mario Chimera. I, I absolutely love it. Love it. So this tomb is deadly, right? As you would imagine, a tomb of a mummy should be. So yeah. So there's six mummies. There's all this terrible shit. And if you get down to the bottom, you get so much shit going wrong. First off, in the dining hall, if you decide to go in it, there's a bunch of bearded devils. Yeah, there's devils. There's devils. There's five bearded devils. They're devils, so you can talk to them and maybe work your through your differences. But if not, there are five devils you have to fucking deal with. So there's a note earlier on, like in chapter one or something, that it describes dealing with devils and that the DM should always assume the devils are one step ahead of everybody else. Yes. Like they, no one should ever be surprising them. No one should ever be taking advantage of their ignorance. Devils are one step ahead of the players. If the players are planning and they plan on being one step ahead of the devils, the devils are two steps ahead of them. They should never be taken surprise, like by surprise, essentially. Yes. So you, it's really, you have to play... You're supposed to be playing devils very clever in this adventure when you encounter them. Um, but uh, what what I think is is great about it is that clearly people have been in this tomb many times, and if the party is paying attention, each room has either safe or danger written on it, telling you where it is okay to go and where it's not okay to go. And the devil room definitely has danger written all over it. The door down the southern stairs is spiked shut. It has danger scrawled on it in the chalk. <laughs> so like, you get plenty yeah. of warnings before you do something stupid. Because it's supposed to be hard. Yes. Um, and then eventually getting to the divination pool, which was the goal of uh, Verithim, what's his name, all along. Uh, bloodstains, dead cultist. Uh, the whole thing, something bad's going to happen it's bad. in here. It's real bad. But it's a scrying pool that oh, Varum has, has just completed his divination ritual before he was hauled off. Kidnapped. Uh, but if you want to use the pool, you have to sacrifice something to it. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice, what does it say? Uh, using the pool requires a sacrifice of all or a significant part of a sentient creature. It's pretty rough. But the final resting place is the Crypt of the Mummy. This is very important. And you know this is important because the book clearly says, You approach Diderius in repose. I know what you seek. It, it, it's saying, uh, okay, guys, I'm going to help you. Don't do anything stupid here. Yep. Yep, Exactly. Um, and then even if the adventurers try to attack the sarcophagus because they're clerics and they refuse that there is something evil in here, it says, leave me to my rest or face your doom. Yep. Leave. Leave. And if you still go, guess what? CR 15, Mummy Lord will kill you without Plus other mummies. hesitation. With other Plus mummies. Extra, with other, other mummies, right? Um, yeah. He has... He's a mummy lord, right? With legendary yeah. actions. He can cast wizard spells, including cloud kill, <laughs> greater invisibility, invisibility right? <laughs> like, uh, he's ready. So it will not be a pleasant experience for the players. No. To fight him. 
But as long as you don't fuck with him and just let him be, he opens the door to the next world. Sistical, the realm of the Yonti. Oh my god. <laughs> this adventure, this adventure is so big. It really is. It it's really is. Huge. So this is all happening just in chapter eleven. Right. Everything we just described is one after one council of Waterdeep, you've gone on one adventure, like one mission. Yes. Chapters eleven and twelve, appropriately named Death to Worm Speakers, are very combat heavy. Obviously, we just talked about a very important RP point, but there is a lot of fighting that happens in this chapter. Yes. Because now you have to deal with lizard folk and Yanti to get eventually, and once you get fight Martin. through all the shit, you get through the dwarf. You get to the dwarf that came here for some stupid ass reason. Came for his mask. And he was kidnapped and taken through to the Yanti place. And again, luckily, since you fought so much, you see that there are the leaders of the Yanti, three purebloods, two Maeslons, or Melsons, and one abomination. Not good in any way. After all the fighting you've done to get here, you're probably very tired. And they make a deal. And they say, okay, let's work this out. We don't want the dwarf. Take the dwarf, but you have to do this for us. Whatever it may be. The... And yet, even still, I guarantee you some people are going to try to kill everyone. Absolutely. Um, let me go back to that. I just I navigated away from that section. This call. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the scope of this right is kind of fascinating to me mm -hmm. because you think about how long the previous adventure was, getting from level one to eight, right? Getting from level eight to fifteen should take much longer or much more combat. Right, but it's as you can tell, you'll die if you try to fight everything. But you'll be able to fight more because you're of a higher level. Right. So you're uh, you're supposed to take Varim away from here as your prisoner, and he's going to offer you you know detailed info about the cults and you know other allies or blah 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 blah. Yeah, he's going to get he's he's a source of information. You need him, so take him back with you. Right, exactly. So that's just one of the many things you have to so, do. So you go from chapter 11, now you have to go back to chapter yes. 10. And you have to do the Sea of Moving Ice before you can report back to the council. Now either at this point or after the Sea of Moving Ice, you actually have to go to chapter 13 and do the first <laughs> the cult strikes back. Right. Which is ultimately which is an assassination the, attempt. Yeah, so the cult's going to come at you. It's it's a hard fight, but it's not a deadly fight. The, they are meant to get their asses whooped because it's meant to be more of a, uh, a message. Like, they know what you're doing, and they want you to stop. Right. So and either... This is... Go ahead. So, yeah. So either after Chapter 11 or after Chapter 10, that happens before you go back to Chapter 9. And the Ice Sea one is essentially another dungeon crawl with a fucking dragon in it. So... There, it absolutely is. Um, there is in chapter ten. There is a lot of negotiation, a lot of role play options um, that ultimately leads to a fight with a fucking white dragon that you probably won't kill. You'll probably you'll probably run it off. off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you won't kill him. I mean, it's an adult white dragon, and you're still level. You know, at most, you're level nine at this point. You might kill him. You might. Challenging 13 adult white dragon for a party of four challenging nines, you're not killing it. You'll drive it off. You'll, you'll most likely succeed in that. Um, but the thing to know about if you fight the white dragon in its lair is this. It is noticeably colder here than anywhere else. Oh, yeah, Esper, I forgot about this. Reaching negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Any character in the area where the temperature is below zero must make a DC 10, so low, but a DC 10 con saving throw at the end of each hour. If you have cold weather gear, if you don't have cold weather gear, you automatically fail, and on each fail, you suffer level exhaustion. Right, so if you spend a couple hours here, you could You're be dead. die, straight up. Right. 
So you have to get in, get out. Yeah. So there's ice trolls that you have to negotiate where there's sea people that are on the top of the iceberg that you can negotiate with although only one of them's friendly the rest of them are going to try to betray you and tell the dragon that you're there there's a tiefling that you can try to get to leave with you and try to help you out that once leave that's go. being a prisoner no it, well she wants the information that's there but she doesn't want to be prisoner so she wants the dragon dead or gone so that she can just take whatever she wants and leave there's a lot that happens in this there are chapter. ice toads there are ice toads Ice toads that are like I mean, writing shit. Woo! This is a hell of a chapter, um, and yes. I think I, I think you say that about every chapter in this book. It's a short adventure, but it is dense. Right. Every this single is, page is shit to do. I agree. There's every single section, and you know, more or less boils down to four sections, like the four councils of Waterdeep. That each one will take you several sessions. Every yes. chunk of this book is months of games. Yes, yes. This is, you know, three, four sessions per chapter, every chapter, period. Um, all right, let's take a short break and come back and talk about the sort of back half of this book, Councils of Waterdeep, and uh, the conclusion, which is very important. All right, hi here okay last we left off chapter 10 jump right into it bam white dragon you probably ran it off you might have killed it if you're really a great group with a lot of ranged abilities because what dragon sits in the ground and just bites you when it can just sit on And white dragons are the dumbest of dragons yes they're, they're hunters they love killing shit but anyway so you beat him and you go back to your council uh or you have an encounter again with the cult depending on how your dm rolls it and you have your second session with the council. You follow up. You either bring back the dwarf or you bring back the information it had or you fucked up and didn't bring back anything. Uh, and you bring back the tiefling that you found in the Sea of Moving Ice that has all this information about the Arcane Brotherhood and all the things that it learned while studying the books that the White Dragon was trying to set up. Then you have two new things. One, you either have to find the next dragons the worm speaker the green dragon worm speaker uh neronvein who is in the misty forest and two you get an invitation to attend the metallic dragon council so uh the pcs get to decide which one they want to do first uh i personally you know the book set up to do the killing of the worm speaker first but you can do chapter 14 if you'd like uh which one would you pick uh, probably the dragons. Okay, so you bounce then from chapter 9 to chapter 14. Uh, you are invited to this council uh, by a dragon in disguise that comes in as a human named Elia uh, to extend the invitation to the Nether Mountains, which I you know, believe are 600 miles away. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, uh, the dragon that shows up to offer the uh, invite will fly you there and it only takes two days because it's dragons. <laughs> right. So you then get to go to the Council of Dragons and at the Council of Dragons, what are the important things? Making friends. This is a recurring theme in this because something we haven't mentioned in the Council of Waterdeep is there's like a invisible scorecard. Yes. That the DM is supposed to be tracking with your alliances to other other groups, other factions in Waterdeep. And who will be your allies or not your allies in like the final battle, which is super fucking important, right? And like it, it says, you don't have to share this with your players, but like if that's your style of play, you can. But essentially, there's there's like a background score, right, of making friends. Mm-hmm. So if, if your party isn't good on making friends, this is not the adventure for you. Yeah, if you don't have an RP party, play. Uh, I'd probably do uh... escape out of the abyss. Out of the Abyss, Prince of the Apocalypse, uh, Ravenloft. Yeah, this is not this is not a hack and slash. There's a lot of that in here, but this is not a hack and slash adventure. No. No, this is a very... So, uh, we'll get to this at the end, but these two books are very well balanced between combat and RP. Right. So, um, 600 miles, 
the dragon, which is actually named Otaria Carnos. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Otaria Carnos. Yeah. There you go. The dragon flies you there in two days. Great. Journey takes it, uh, you know, through areas that the cultists have been attacking, and you get to the Council of Dragons, which has some lovely dragons. Yes. Protanther, uh, Iliathra, the, the one I just said, Nimur, and I thought there was another one. Yeah. Tazmikella. Right, that's a copper dragon right there. Yes, and he, now the thing to, that I love about it is that each of these dragons is either unfriendly, cautious, neutral, or friendly, depending on A, what you've done so far in the game, and B, who you actually are. For example, the gold dragon, Protanther, is neutral, unless there are humans or tieflings, in which case he is cautious. If there are elves, he's straight up unfriendly. Love a good racist gold dragon. So all of the dragons are racist in some way. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, like uh, uh, like if uh, you have done anything uh, bad, I think is one. If you have like a rogue or a bard in the party, one of them hates you. Uh, <laughs> if, if you... Uh, uh, <laughs> If you have one or more dwarves, they don't like you, you know? So, really, you have to have a party of, like, dragonborn that are metallic to be just straight-up friends with these guys. And who will just straight-up apologize for the crimes of humanity. Yes. Like, we're sorry for everything bad that's happened. Help us. Um. Yeah. So, you have to make uh, concessions, essentially, to get these guys on your side, whether it's giving them money, magic items, you know... There has to be something that you are willing to give them, um, you know, or maybe promises to be fulfilled at a later date. But ultimately, right. your goal is to get these guys on your side, which could be, a, you know, that means an alliance from them to help fight, or it could also include like magical treasure that they give you. Yep, could uh, you like know, they could, they might just yeah. be like, hey, you did a great job. Here's some um, plate armor of lightning resistance, right? Or yeah, dragon slaying arrows. That- is appropriate for their... They probably wouldn't give you dragon slaying arrows. That would be a bit awkward for a dragon to have. No, it's literally in a sidebar that it's, they might yeah, give you. I don't, think, I don't think I would have a dragon give that, you know. But you're going to go kill other dragons. Yeah, but it just feels awkward, man. I don't know. Okay. Chromatic dragon slaying arrow. Okay. Red dragon slaying arrow. That I accept. Red dragon slaying arrow, right? So this is, this is purely an RP chapter. No yes. fighting here. Yes. Right? Because if you choose, like, I'm going to fight you. That's the end of the adventure. Exactly. Yeah. No. 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 You will if all you be dead. Fight one of them. You're dead. Wait. Does it say what age they are? I think they're all adults, except I think the one that you meet is ancient. Five ancient dragons make up the council. Oh, they're all ancient. all of yeah, them are dead. ancient dragons. Yeah. Yeah, you choose all, to fight dead. a single one of them. The game is over. Well played. Somebody else DM next time. You could choose to try and fight one of them at the end of this campaign, and you're dead. Yes. Right. You have to play another whole campaign to get to level 20s. <laughs> so you leave the council, hopefully having done a good job, and now you have to go to the Misty Forest to find and kill the Green Worm Speaker. But before you go to Chapter 12, there's a chance that on your way back to the Misty, Misty Forest, or whatever it's called, Chapter 13, Part 2 happens where <laughs> the DM decides, ooh, the cult's coming for a second time. This time, much more deadly. Uh, you know, th- this could be a really rough one um, where you might actually, uh, one of the things that you might have to fight is a straight up adult black dragon. At this uh, point, you know, with helping your friends, because this is this happens in Waterdeep, doesn't it? This, so it, this happens either indoors, um, somewhere just on the road. Oh, the second attack is supposed to happen when characters are actually weakened. Yes. Or it uh-huh. happens in some sort of marketplace or outdoors. Um, so there's a lot of different, like essentially this is meant to happen during travel between places, whether it's from the, you know, council to the council or the council to the Missy forest or the Missy forest to water deep somewhere in there. This is supposed to happen with an adult black dragon, two Yugoloths, a cultist. And I don't know what a dragon wing is that another cultist. Yeah. Yeah. But not all of those things have to happen. But that's the forces in the second attack. Like, you can no, pick from those. Yeah, you can pick from them. The DM has to make a fight 
that is meant to be deadly. Like you might, the DM is actually encouraged here to potentially kill someone. Don't be reluctant to use forces that are likely to kill one or more characters. The destruction right. of the heroes is the goal of this attack. And if the risk of death doesn't feel real, the players won't take the threat of the cult seriously. Right. That, that's the point of this. This is not necessarily supposed to be a fun fight. This is supposed to be, holy shit, these guys are serious. Yeah. Like, I, I would probably not do the Dull Black Dragon. I think that's just mean at this point. Um, but I mean, I it probably... says that healers can bring them back to life. I know. But I would probably do the Nykoloth and some cultists, like a dragon soul and probably like two or three dragon wings. I mean, I don't know. So it tells me that I'm, it tells me that killing the characters might be a good thing for the adventure. Irrelevant. We then go back to characters chapter... Characters gain a level at the end of this event. If they live, in my opinion. But anyway, they go <laughs> back to chapter 12 the, to deal with Neron Vane, the green who is holding on to the green dragon mask and is in the Misty Forest. I got it right. <laughs> this entire book is so fucking hard to keep up with sometimes. I know. I can't. I'm And I'm looking at it right now. I can't keep track of what's fucking happening. The chaos of it is absurd and fun, but diff- so I don't know how a DM does it. I just don't. I have no idea. Um, short I want to hear from somebody who's run this. Short of having like... It's, it's short of railroading the characters and doing what the DM wants them to do at the time they wanted to do it. That's the only way that I could run this. Right. Like I would so, go from 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 14. No, 12. No, you'd have. Yeah. No, you'd have to do 12 to 9, 9 to 14, 14. No one listening oh, has any idea what you're saying right now. It's crazy. Anyway. Uh. I agree, and the the strongholds in the Misty Forest, where the Green Warren Speaker is, and a Green Dragon, an adult Chuth. Green Dragon. Chuth, the adult Green Dragon. Chuth, right? What a horrible name for a dragon. Terrible. Fucking terrible. So this is essentially a stronghold, dragon lair, dungeon crawl. That's kind of what this is. Now, the nice thing about it is you don't really have to worry about anything else before you deal... Oh, wait. No, never mind. There's oh, Edens. No. <laughs> so just when you thought it was safe to fight the Green Dragon and his Green Dragon Worm Speaker friend, there's Edens. There's Dragon Claws, which are only challenge rating one. There's Dragon Fangs, which by themselves are challenge rating five. There's Glyphs of Warding. There's Neron Vane herself. I think it's a her. Um, which is challenge rating nine. And there's, of course, the dragon, which is challenge rating 15. Right. Which, <laughs> again, uh, concludes... You're somewhere between nine to 11 at this point in the game. You know, it eventually concludes in fighting the dragon using breath weapon, using legendary actions, using lair actions, like, deliberately, like, deliberate strategy, like it's described here. Now, um, but he has no interest in dying to protect it, right? So exactly. he also will likely be pushed out as opposed to killed. He flees when his, half po- when his hit points are reduced to half or fewer. Because this is only a fraction of his horde yeah. anyways here. Yeah. So the goal, you know, can it, either killing Truth and Neon Vane um, or pushing them out, they retreat to the Well of Dragons and report back, right? That's how we get the, you know, the next attack. So you have to go back to the council and have the third session. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> In the third session, let me let me get back to chapter nine now. I should have just opened each of these in I their know. own I'm, thing. I'm having that same realization. So now. after you get the metallic dragons on your side and you deal with the green issue, they then will tell you to go to Zonthal's Tower where there are members of the Cult of the Dragon, but they're the old guard who don't give a fuck about Tiamat. They want Dracoliches. And the council decides that Dracoliches are probably easier to deal with than a dragon god. <laughs> so they want probably you... true, frankly. Yeah, it is true. It's fair. It's a fair point. They're only Dracoliches are what? Uh 21, 22 challenge rating? I do not know that yeah, one. Yeah, anyway. My head. They're we tough. only fought one like one time. Yeah, they're tough, but they're dealable. Um and so you have to go do that shitty thing, or you have to go to fucking Thay and do that shitty thing. 
The enemy of my enemy. Make friends with the Red Wizards if they. My God. So, yes, you either go to chapter 15 or chapter 16. Chapter, let's do chapter 15 first because I have to say the maze that leads to the tower is insane. There's a good illustration of it actually. Beautiful. Is it the start of this chapter? Yeah. Um, where the blue dragon is sitting on top of a tower and there's just a cool hedge maze like all around it. Like it's super cool looking. I would not want to get lost in there. So there's seven different places you can go, most of which are terrible. There's the Cholpul, 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 where there's just full ch- four Chols. I can't say Chol now. Four Chols just hanging out, waiting to eat you. There's the Cyclops pasture. <laughs> Hanging out, relaxing, acting all cool. Now, I don't remember. Does it say how many there are? How many Cyclops there are? Yeah. Uh, each Cyclops. Da, 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 da. As soon as the characters invade the area, the creatures here spring to life. Sheep grazing. The Cyclops is chatting idly. Two. A pair. There's two. Yeah. So that's not the worst. But two Cyclops. Eight, six. I feel like. Six. Six. Okay. So again, doable. doable. But then there's an Odiug. In the carnivorous, carnivorous garden. garden. Yep. There's a Dow hanging out in the pagoda just making tea. That's a genie for those of you who don't know. <laughs> there's two suits of animated armor. Easy enough That's to deal easy, with. Though. And then there's the Gorgon maze that just has a Gorgon, which is killable. But if you don't handle it right, you're stone, bitch. So the the small note on the statue and the armor, there's six plates of armor, but two activate at a time once you kill one. So it goes two down to one, up to three, down to two, up to four, down to five, up to six when so, you're killing them. Yeah. Uh, so the, and then was the, the, the Gorgon is, maze. Yes. Yeah, the maze. If you try to do it all, you you might be able to, but then you have to deal with the tower. The tower. <laughs> yes. Which uh, has an audience chamber, you know. Uh, so, who knows? So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not, there's nothing too bad. There's some mages, there's some cultists, there's some fanatics. You know, it in and of itself, not bad. Honestly, it's some of the easier fighting you're going to do. Because then there's a dungeon. Because then there's a dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't fucking stop. There's elementals. There's more genies. Like, this place doesn't stop. No. No. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, You know. Then a dull blue dragon, of course. Yes. And it all... There's a free tea, like you said, named... uh, What's the name? Uh, Taraz the Fair. Uh, There's just all this bullshit... Until finally, there's just a straight-up blue dragon. Yes. And at that point, what's the fucking point? <laughs> well, the, he's busy killing villagers. Like, he doesn't even care about you when you find him. So. He also yeah. will fly away when he's reduced to certain hit points. Because he doesn't want to die. Yeah. But the best part here. Um, is that the blue dragon mask is a fake. Yes. You come here for nothing. You come here for nothing. Like, you almost die at every turn to discover this was a fake. Yeah. So you get your hands on these two cultists that are trying to defect, Iskander and Jorgen Powell, and it's all bullshit. So then, uh, on to Faye. So then you get to go to the worst place. To deal with the enemy of my enemy. Now, chapter 16 is very short. It's very short. Do you know why it's very short, Tyler? No. Because you are not going to start a fight in Thay. I mean, you might start one, but then the adventure's over. Yes. I love the illustration for this chapter. I don't know if you see it again. It's like Red Wizards of Thay surrounding a torture chamber with a man in it. Yeah, yeah. And there's tentacles eating him and shit. Yeah. Yes. And they're just watching like, oh, that's interesting. They're discussing it scientifically like, oh, look at that. That's interesting. Oh, I didn't know Ever's black tentacles could be contained to an egg. Right. Exactly. So. So it's it's the... great. They only give one monster stat block in the entire chapter. Because, again, 
They're expecting you not to be stupid and start a fight. And the one thing they give you is a vampire spellcaster by the name of Tharsion Elseldra Yeth. That's a vampire name right there. Yes. Who has, who by itself is a challenge rating 15, but also has 10 red wizards, each challenge rating 6, and 5 whites, each challenge rating 3, in its purview. Which you're, again, shouldn't be fighting. I don't think they could fight the 10 red wizards by themselves. No, not at all. So, so you're supposed to be you're supposed to be making friends with the red wizards, making even after they're attacking you in their dreams. Yes. So so there's a whole bunch of shit that leads up to it, but probably my favorite part is this section. Toward the end of the audience, each character must make a DC twenty persuasion check to maintain an aura of menace and ask for the check without you should ask you know without revealing the DC. Never give the DC people. So you have to make say make a persuasion check, and there's all these modifiers that you as the DM get to go through. Are they arcane spellcasters? Do they worship death deities? Are they good? Are they, you know, are are they lying at any point? Like all of these things go into it, and then you get to decide how much they succeed or fail, and that determines how bad the dreams or nightmares are for the rest of the trip. And this is this is a very specific section of the book, and that's different than every other section because it's like just it's like dark evil negotiation where you don't really know it's negotiation, dark evil torture where you don't really know it's torture. Like it's different than every other section of the book. So you finish it. It's a nice change of pace, frankly. It's something. It's it is something. It's scary. Um, you finish it, and aside from there being unknown benefits hidden in a in a pocket or backpack. Every character gets a human finger bone tied to a loop of dried gut. Each bone Which acts as a... a scroll protection from undead that is activated and spent by snapping in half. Yep. That is they. How are you going to figure that out? I hope you've got detect magic and identify at this point. So you spend an hour like looking at it like, what the, how did what I get this? this? So you so, return to Waterdeep. But on the way. The third attack from chapter 13 happens. And Even more deadly than the last. This one, this, so whereas the other ones were kind of like random and the, and the timing, everything was random. This is very deliberate. This fight happens where one or more characters have homes or families. Yes. Any settlement that the characters are staying in or passing through, ideally use a location where one or more characters have homes or families. So there's no one thing that is big and bad that's coming for you. There's a lot that are. You can get a half-red dragon gladiator, half-green dragon assassin, young red dragon, mage, dragon fang, dragon wing. Like, all these things. Minimum is a challenge rating 2. At its worst is a challenge rating 10. And it's noted that you want to make this a deadly encounter. This is meant to be fucking badass. Right. Like... There's a whole, they detail a plan of assault. They detail how you should be like, the assassin should be like holding somebody hostage. Like it's, it's a bit fucked up how. So it's not supposed to be necessarily a straight fight. The cultists are attacking, you know, the town, the area, whatever. So maybe it's not just a shoot them up, but like players are saving people from the town. But it's supposed to be emotionally damaging. Yes. Yes, um, you very well may die. Spirits are meant to be crushed. And then you get back to the council for the fourth time. The last mm-hmm. time. And this is where, where they send you. This is where you make your final plea. You've given the follow-up. You've told them everything there is to follow up on. You tally the scores. You tally the scores. And then we go <laughs> to the Well of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Chapter uh, episode nine in my book, "The Return of Tiamat." I when I was writing this up, I had this whole thing. I I, I had a PC segment and a DM segment, and I had good, bad, unique notes, all these things. And for chapter seventeen, I just I, I didn't even type anything. I just put chapter seventeen in every block. Oh my god! So Severin. Like, 
is trying to, ret- you know, bring her back with an army of dragons, sacrificing prisoners, rituals, treasure hoard, the whole thing at the Well of Dragons. And your goal is to stop him. <laughs> They've, you frustrated him at this point and slowed him, but that doesn't really matter at this point. Yeah, pretty much nothing you've done to this point matters except making friends. Correct. You need allies. Because... These forces commanded by the Council of Waterdeep. In the temple, there are 13 areas, 12 of which are being used to perform the ritual. In a big fucking hole in the middle. In a, why would there be a big fucking... You never want to see a big fucking hole. No, you don't want to see a big fucking hole. So, but every everywhere is guarded by dragons and dragon adjacent things. There's no like safe spaces here. No. To successfully bring Tiamat from the Nine Hells, the Red Wizards must successfully focus the summoning ritual for ten rounds after the adventurers enter the temple. So you have, on you have from the second that you enter till a minute later to deal with this. Well, just Each, just to disrupt it. Yeah. Each round, at least five red wizards must use an action to perform the ritual in order for it to be successful. You know that old expression, don't split the party? This is yeah. the one time you have to split the party. Yeah. And hopefully you've made some friends. Why are friends important? They can do shit. They come and help deal with yeah. the fucking ritual. I don't even know how to run this section. <laughs> I, there's, I've, I've read it three times. I can't tell you. I don't really know how to run this section because you go into the Well of Dragons, right? Uh, I mean... And the Temple of Tiamat, it, like, appears. Yeah. Right? From the Red Wizards. And then you do battle more. And then you probably lose... So, so yes. Yeah, so, ultimately, you're probably not stopping the ritual. It's it's going to happen realistically. And one head by one head, Tiamat will appear. Right. Facing Tiamat. When the forces of good have been deployed and the battle begun, the characters will take on the most important goal of assaulting the temple... When the characters fight Tiamat directly or prevent the summoning, depends on the actions during the final battle. You do get stats for Tiamat. She is a god. Yes. Tiamat is a god. She can demolish multiple 15th level parties with ease. Yes. The... A huge battle against Tiamat while her temple collapses to ash and bone is a memorable way way to wrap up a campaign characters might not survive as anything more than memories. Now, the only way to really get through this is to weaken her. And which there... you can actually you can take um actions prior to the final battle, right? Uh five ways to weaken her. What do you do? The count of rounds of which the ritual is successfully focused is reset because the ritual is interrupted multiple times. For two rounds. Uh, the mask of the Dragon Queen, which is the five masks combined, is destroyed or removed from Severin. Characters have any of the dragon masks. That helps. Or can prevent Seve- one or more from being used in the ritual. Severe damage is inflicted on the temple, like if with an earthquake. Or the sacrifice of prisoners is stopped. Each of those um, apply penalties to Tiamat, like reducing the damage she does, reducing her total hit points. Losing yeah. her regeneration ability, reducing her total hit points. Losing her spell immunity, reducing your total hit points. Penalty to attack rolls, saving throws, and armor class, reducing your total hit points. And making it so she can only take three legendary actions and reducing her total hit points. So if you did all of that, somehow, if you did all of that, you could reduce her total hit points by 375. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so wait, I didn't look at this. I didn't look at her total oh, hit points before. It's 615. So, you know. You're, you have less, she has less than half so, of her total hit points if you manage to do all that. They tell you that if you did everything right and somehow you have weakened Tiamat all the way, it's still a challenge rating 18. <laughs> uh, it's still a deadly fight, but you can kill her. You can. 
and kick her ass back to hell. Without all five reductions, the characters stand little chance of surviving a battle against the Dragon Queen, much less winning it. So really what you need all your allies to do to get through this is interrupt the Fey spell thing over and over and over again while you do the rest of that shit. Yes. And then maybe, then maybe you have a chance. Yes. Um, but that's the end of the adventure, basically. Either you win or they win. The horror of defeat or the aftermath of victory. One of the two. Either one would be great, I think, personally. I would love to but... narrate the horror of defeat and describe how Tiamat is back. The world has ended as you know it. Well, that's the thing. The world doesn't end right away. Just kind of, it's begun the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd probably skip ahead a little bit and talk about the horrible things. The glory, this reign of dragons has begun. Everything is much harder. It's much darker. It's like Reign of Dragons, the movie, but better. Exactly. Reign of Fire. Reign of Fire. Thank you. Uh, all right. What We went through a lot of this. What's our thoughts overall on this adventure? Holy shit. Yes, I um, agree. This, this one is very chaotic. Um, this is definitely meant for experienced PCs and DMs by far. You have to have an understanding of what your character can do, and you have to be able to create a very diverse party. If your party was very combat-focused in the first book, you might want to make a new group for this book. Right, I would agree. You need a you need a a you need a bard. You need, frankly, you need you need a bard, um, paladin, pal, paladin or cleric, warlock or sorcerer. Um, I would say wizard, actually. Well, I'm saying you need the charmers in, oh, in your spellcasters. Yeah. You know? um, I was just a wizard for the versatility. Um, also, you pick up a ton of scrolls throughout the, the both books, so a wizard would be quite helpful. Um, and a rogue is going to be very helpful. Uh, I was going to say you definitely need, in my opinion, a barbarian to soak damage. <laughs> it's no perfect party. I don't know what a perfect party looks like here. Yeah, I really, I don't either. I, I don't have a great answer. Like, honestly, a rogue aside from doing damage, isn't exceptionally helpful unless you have like a swashbuckler that's very charismatic or something. It would be very helpful in the um, sort of temples and like dungeon crawling and picking the best routes. Uh, yeah. Anyone in the final battle? In the final battle, no fucking way. Oh, yeah, no. Because a rogue by itself trying to stop the wizards from doing their thing would have no success. Correct. Correct. Um, overall, I think this would be an amazing adventure, just incredibly challenging to do. The, so. Yeah, this is this is actually very. This reminds me a lot of the first campaign that I ever did with you, or just in general, back in three point five, when we had to deal with all the dragons and all their bullshit, and we all died many moons ago. Yeah. Um, let us know if you run this adventure and how it went. I've seen a lot of these Tiamat minis online, so I know people have done it. Yes, I'm actually very interested to hear it as well. Uh, I might even try to find a live play that a group did. Yeah, right. All right. That's the second time we've done this. Make that sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found us. Spotify, Twitter. I don't know if Google fixed their bullshit or not. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Feel free to send us stuff at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye. Thank you.